with more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Here we go. Back with you, hour number two, off and running in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. I'm Matt Beavers here. Even the homecoming queen is here. We got the whole gang, and of course, you appreciate you tuning in. We're staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Check them out, cspire.com. One more thought. On this Michael Orr thing. And then I'm moving on to something else. And I may just move on for good. <laughs> so, speaking of C Spire, Homecoming Queen looking up on her C Spire phone over there. Um, this deal where Michael Orr published a book. Got him, his picture on the front of it, and his name in big letters on the cover of the book in 2011. I didn't know anything about it until today. And she found it on her phone. She sends it to me. I look it up here. And there it is. It's on Amazon. On my iPhone 12 Pro Max from Seaspire, I beat the odds. Michael Orr's memoirs from homelessness to the blind side and beyond. You know, and it's a book. It says memoirs. And it says it's a New York Times bestseller. Now, I would think you can't lie about that. Right. If it's on Amazon, they put that title on there. Yeah, you can't lie about that. It's a New York Times bestseller. New York Times bestselling books sell a lot of copies. <laughs> right. So here's what I want to know. I, I don't know that I have been able to grasp a whole lot of this anyway because I don't have a legal background. The, thank goodness the first day Louvier called in who does have a le legal background could kind of start me down the right path. But here's something that doesn't add up. There's a whole lot of wrong in all this, and I don't, I, you know, it's really it has no effect on me or really you either. So whether or not it's any of our business, that can be debated. But if you publish a book with your face and your name on it in 2011, okay, so 12 years ago, 12 years ago, that became a New York Times bestseller. I don't know if you can stand here now, 11 years later, saying there is a conservatorship from, from which they are operating in deceit. I've got a conservatorship holding me down. I've got a conservatorship that has kept me from using my name and image to make money off my name and image, including a movie and everything else. When 11 years ago, 12 years ago, you published a book that went to number one bestseller, somebody made a lot of money off that book. Right. And if it wasn't Michael Orr, well, that was 2011. That's 12 years ago. If it was Michael Orr, then he's got a real problem convincing me now of what they said in that petition on Monday. Right. It just, none of this, at, I don't know, both sides of it. I just, like I told you, it's just yuck. I just want to step away from it. I think social media, you know, their social media wasn't around. Well, I guess it was 12 years ago. Maybe not as in your face, but I think that just infatuates the story even more it, it and does. more. And everybody okay. retweets and redoes this and reposts yeah. this. And you think, oh, my gosh, this is out of control. This is a PR nightmare for, I think, both sides. So initially when we go, should you be sitting an 18-year-old kid down doing a conservatorship deal? You know, whether you should or shouldn't, I don't, 
I'm not as familiar with all the details as those people were then. And I know that he came from a background that's, yeah, I can't even understand. I know. Okay. That's right. But at that time, is it really what's best for him? We don't know. Long term, I don't know. This I do know from the Tui's perspective. It got him to Ole Miss, and that's where they wanted him to go play football. Okay, that's just a fact. And it got his high school football coach a job at Ole Miss. That's a fact, too, whether the movie portrays it or not. And I can sit there as a non-Ole Miss person and go, well, it's wrong to, to whoop all this into a story and steer him to play football at Ole Miss. I can do that. But I can also stand here right now, this very second, today, and tell you that in the context of that petition they filed that we read on this show, and him saying that he was embarrassed to find out the details of this conservatorship in, in February of this year. Because, let's be honest, he's getting ready to sell a book now. He's got book signings going on today. Yeah. A new <laughs> book's coming out. Yeah. Okay, so that's what bring all this to the surface. So whether it's promotion or whatever. But you sold a memoirs in 2011 that Amazon tells me is a New York Times bestseller. So all I need to know now is where that money go? Where is it? Because if you made a big chunk off your memoirs in 2011, don't come to me in 23 expect me to feel sorry for you because you're telling me that all of a sudden you can't make money off your name in July and they're holding you back. No. 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 Uh-uh. Not, nope. unless, not unless there was another layer to it or something that didn't come out. I just cannot. I can't make hells or, hells or tails. How about that? Tails or tails? Tails or heads. Heads or tails on it. But I I tell you what it is doing. Is Beaver on here? Yeah, he's here. Hey, Beaver. I tell you what it is doing. It is absolutely overtaking any time Mm. I'm flipping through. Well, I guess we don't call it Twitter anymore. X. X. Flipping through X. Flipping through X (laughs) or Facebook. I mean, it is everywhere. So if that was the point in all this then you know whoever started all this has succeeded yeah. because it's everywhere how about I'm chuck tired. i'm actually sick of looking at it how about chuck on the live stream on youtube says i find it likely that both parties are not being completely honest there we go there we go <laughs> and maybe that's it like thanks it. chuck well said well, well said. said chuck well speaking of well said uh-huh Here's something I wanted to present to the audience today. So if you are listening, you can respond in several different ways. You could call me on the Divinity phone. You could text the country, please, and text line. Homecoming Queen, thank you very much for my sausage that you brought home. You're welcome. It was good for lunch again today. Uh, Or you could comment on the live stream. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, whatever, type a comment in. Hit submit. Pops up right here in front of me. Just like uh, Debbie who commented on Facebook, said that Michael Orr is signing books today at Square Books, downtown Oxford. You know, you can comment. We can get it in on the show like like that. So I want to read you a tweet, and then I would like your reaction. And I posed this same question on Twitter regarding this tweet. The responses are really interesting to me. And uh, there's a lot of smart people out there weighing in on it. Shannon Terry is the founder and CEO of On3 Sports, on3.com. Big website. It's growing. He's also the founder of 24-7 Sports, as we know, that basically killed Scout and the Scout Network and sold to CBS. And he's 
now launched a new one, and you know, so he's in. He's in it. They have, um, you know, history at Rivals and all this. Anyway, so he's the founder of On Three Sports. And in regards to a story that popped up two days ago, where the number one uh, defensive lineman in the country committed to Missouri. Remember when the coaches were, oh, hadn't yeah. made the video? So he commits. Number one player. He's from Missouri. We know the Missouri law, all this. And Shannon Terry retweeted it and said these words in his tweet. And, and this is what I asked. He said, NIL, name, image, and likeness, is bringing parity to college sports. The years where a team could sign seven or more five stars out of 32 are ending. He says, NIL will expand the number of teams that could win the title from historically three to four a year to two or three times that number. And that was his quote tweet of this story about this kid going to Missouri. Number one defensive tackle in the, or defensive lineman in the country. So I just retweeted it with a question. Do you agree or disagree? Do you agree that NIL is bringing parity into the sport? and that it is going to massively expand the number of programs that could win a national championship, national championship. Or do you disagree that it is bringing parity? I'm going to read you some of the responses to that question, agree or disagree, that I got on Twitter. I'll read you a few of those. I find them interesting. How do you think people replied on that? Are you asking me? Yeah, how, well, I'm asking you I have you no now. idea. Okay. Parity, does it add parity or does it not add parity? Let me read you this. Uh, my friends at College Football Nerds, they're out of Alabama. They do a great job covering the sport. Every anecdote out there, he says on Twitter, says that NIL is decreasing parity. He brings up a good point right here. He says the two highest rated recruiting classes of all time were signed in 2022 and 23, so the last two years, meaning somebody somewhere loaded them up. Texas A&M was one of them. And then he said, moreover, the transfer portal means that when you do land a diamond in the rough, like Sam Hartman, the quarterback at Wake Forest, who just transferred to Notre Dame, wow. he said then he's likely to transfer to a big money school. I found that very interesting. Somebody, you know, that I, I trust their opinions on a lot of things. And so, now we kind of, that takes you right back. If that Just that one response takes you right back over to what Lane Kiffin said at Media Days, which is, you know, it's not so much that, you know, NIL itself is some big festering issue. It's not just that. And it's not that the transfer portal itself is some big issue that can't be figured out. It's really the combination of them all at the same time. Right. Is a big issue, right? So that's what he's... Like the perfect storm. Perfect storm as far as dealing with it. And that's what he's pointing out. He says, so so college football nerds, he says, you know, okay, recruiting classes are one thing, but the evidence, and there's plenty of anecdotes, the two highest rated classes ever signed by anybody were happened during 2022-23 when the money's flowing. A&M, for example. But then, now look at A&M. A&M does that in 22 now look at A&M. Half the people they signed in that highest-rated class ever have transferred out <laughs> before they ever played there. It's so crazy. 
So it's almost like it's hard to judge the recruiting. Now, I don't know. I don't understand all I know about this, but this says on YouTube it's called Mississippi Barbecue Trail. Now, I don't know where that is, but I'd like to walk along that trail. Yeah, and eat barbecue. Yeah. He says the NIL as an equalizer. Ask some recent signees and transfers to play in Starkville. What do they say? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And the thing is, you know, it's like it has to play out on the field for us to see what kind of equalizer any of it is. And it's still pretty new in that regard. Sam Hartman at Notre Dame now. You know, uh, a couple of kids at State, like um, what the receiver, and then, you know, the backup quarterback who came in from Vandy, and, you know, the tight end who came in from Georgia. Lots of different examples of that. But in terms of, Okay, whether NIL is an equalizer or not, and it opens up the parity in college football, that's got to play out on the field. i got to see it play out on the field first. And, frankly, it's just at a distance, regardless of all of that. I'll be honest with you, if Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State don't win the national title this year, I'll be surprised. (laughs) I'll be surprised. I'll be genuinely surprised. What do you think the percentages of a football player's life – being four years at one school these days. Oh, my goodness. You know, we were talking about how you were at Mississippi State, and we were talking about back in those days. You didn't have a lot of people who transferred. But honestly, is there a percentage out there that shows how many? Yeah, how many? (laughs) What's the percentage of players that stay in one place now? And I guess we could figure it out by just looking up the transfer numbers in D1. Yeah, I just would be. That's a really interesting question, though, because you've got 85 scholarship players on the team. Every year. Well, right. up to 85 every year. And you can, they've really, they've sort of removed the signing limits that will allow schools to sign enough to get back to 85. But my thing is. Have I thrown you for a loop? No. Uh, well, I'm just trying to think. So let's just say a typical Division One school, uh, Division One Power Five school that's going to have kids out and in every year. It's nowhere near 50%. Uh, So some of the ones I saw this year had as many as between 15 and 20 players that would transfer out. Okay, but then they're all bringing them in. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Right. So you're you're talking about a little more than 10%. I would bet the average is... Again, just looking at it, I would bet the average is more along the lines of that 20%. Wow. 20. Stay in one place. The average. Hmm. No, the average being 20% that leave. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. yeah so sorry. so somewhere the 75 to 80%. Oh, well, okay. See, this is the hard part of your question, though. You asked in the context of four years. See, I don't know how how much research it would take to figure that out. Because the truth is, hardly anybody's staying in one place for four years. But back in the day, everybody did. Everybody did. You know. So, so, yeah, if you back away from it out here, let's look at a much broader deal. 35 years ago, just about everybody. I mean, you're talking 95, between 95 and 100% of the players stayed somewhere four years. Whereas now, I mean, it's very few are there. for Because your best players are three and gone to the NFL. Right. Then you got transfer portal and everything else on top of that. How long has the transfer transfer portal been around? 
Was it uh, the last like five years? No, I don't. I think it's more like um, it probably goes back to nineteen, maybe. So okay. we may be looking at four. Four years, yeah. Somewhere in there, and and as far as it being completely wide open with no restrictions whatsoever, so. Like Chuck says here on uh, the live stream, he says, he's on YouTube, he says, NIL plus transfer portal is free agency with no salary cap. And that's really what it is. <clears throat> Just like uh, it was described at Media Days. Uh, Patrick was making a point on YouTube, he's, you know, about parody and stuff. He said, Travis Hunter going to Jackson State, the year that Dion was the coach oh, at yeah. Jackson State, he gets Travis Hunter, who was like one of the top two or three players in the entire country. Any position, didn't matter. That's how good he was. Top two or three guys in the whole country. He went to Jackson State. Well, the thing is, you can say, oh, well, that's an example of parody. <laughs> well, but he's gone. Travis Hunter's now at Colorado with Deion Sanders. Hmm. And, you know, at either place, Jackson State or Colorado, it's not like Deion Sanders went and signed as that particular tweet says, it's not like he went and signed eight five stars. He hadn't done that. So do you agree or disagree with the text tweet? I have to disagree to this point. I haven't seen it happen yet. I mean, <clears throat> Georgia's fixing to go for three in a row. Georgia was NILing before NIL was NIL. And everybody knows that. Okay? And they're about to so we're about to have we we have a team going for a three peat. Um you know, in college football. And if it's not them, then, you know, we feel pretty certain it's coming from a group of about four or five. He's saying that what NIL is going to do is create parity where instead of having three to four teams who physically are capable of winning the national championship, it's going to double or triple that number. You well, just don't see that. I mean, am I going to see 15 teams? Am I going to wake up at some point in the next two to three years and see, there are 15 teams out there who could beat Georgia. There are 15 other teams who, if they line up against Ohio State, it'll be a pick em in Las Vegas. Because we certainly aren't there right now. Well, I heard you having a conversation this morning um, with a guy who's an Ole, Miss, an Ole Miss guy about how competitive it was when you played. And you said y'all were winning the West, and you had won how many games? Eight games. Because it was just, yeah, it's just different now. You didn't have like a lot of undefeated teams there for a while. Um, if you go back to the '90s, yes, okay. So we're all celebrating this logo, and 25 years since the 1998 team, we won the West, and we had a good little run. '98, we won the West. '99, we win 10 games, beat Clemson in the Peach Bowl. You know, 2000, you were an eight-nine game winner. So it was two or three years in a row of really good stuff and ranked highly and all this. Well, the year we won the West in 98, we, we had an 11-game schedule. Now they have 12. We had an 11-game schedule. We won eight games. We were in eight games. We had three losses. The year we won the West, we went to LSU and got blown out. <laughs> and what even, That's not fun. Went to Kentucky and had a really competitive game, but Tim Couch – and Kentucky beat us. We had beaten them the year before, and they beat us there in 98. And I can't even remember who the other loss is. Oklahoma State. Lost to Oklahoma State in the non-conference on the road. Um, and that was the three losses that year. But you win the West. When's the last time we had an eight-game winner or an eight- or nine-game winner go to the championship game? 
it's not happening, let alone come out of it. You know, division winners, we got a bunch of undefeateds. You know, how many years now it's been mostly Alabama, occasionally LSU, and now it's always Georgia, where if they lose one game, it's a big surprise. <laughs> it's a, like, whoa, A&M beat Alabama, Johnny Manziel beat Alabama, right? Right. Um, so the you do not have the parity now in college football that you certainly had uh, in, in the long ago, the right. 80s, 90s, kind of earliest, early-ish parts of the 2000s. You do not have the parity you had then. And I don't know what exactly every little part that you chalk that up to, but, you know, could be any number of things. Some other responses to that. I said, do you agree or disagree with this guy? He's saying that NIL is going to add massive parity to college football. Um, <clears throat> someone said, I think it's exactly the opposite. He says, headed back to the days of Bama, Notre Dame, Nebraska, Texas, USC, Oklahoma, stacking the deck, signing everybody. Simple way of creating the haves and the have-nots. Somebody else said, strongly disagree. If anything, it's consolidating the talent at the biggest schools. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, though, that it's consolidating all the talent at the biggest schools. Maybe it does across four years after everybody transfers once or twice. But initially, coming out of high school and stuff, <clears throat> Missouri's getting players. Ole Miss is getting players. State's getting players that, frankly, they might not have gotten in the past. I'm struggling with it. I'm struggling with falling in line with everybody that says, no, 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 it's creating a massive gap. I, I'm I got to do more thinking. It takes me longer. Takes you a little bit. <laughs> Stick around. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Sven commented on the live stream on YouTube. He says, just think of Tennessee, Alabama last year, Tennessee, a blue blood powerhouse historic program. And they went crazy to beat Alabama after 16 years of getting blown out year after year. <laughs> I mean, maybe this thing is going to create parity, and I can see how it could if, if certain things fall a certain way, but I don't know that it's happened yet, right? Patrick te uh, commented also on the live stream. I have a feeling that in the future, he says, it's going to be way worse in the NFL with players demanding trades due to all these kids now being able to transfer two to three times in their NCAA career while they're getting paid and, and maybe so maybe it does have a so what you're describing would be if that happens a a what a trickle up effect sort of i mean you know could be but the major difference being you know the nfl it's a professional deal and so it's it's so much more tightly wound with 32 owners and they do actually monitor and enforce rules uh, everybody plays by they're pretty strict um, because it affects your bottom line. And then the other thing is every single player is signing a legal document, a contract to terms. They got to agree to it on the front end. And so 
in some cases, some of them can hold out and demand to trade all they want to. The next thing you know, they can't get it and they don't get paid. I mean, we can all demand anything we want to demand. But whether or not we get satisfied is really a lot of times up to somebody else and depending on who holds the cards, right, and who signed the contract and what the contract says. And so the lack of some sort of, I don't know, just signing an agreement that is a legal binding legally binding document the fact that you don't have that at what is in Lane Kiffin's words professional football in college means that it may if that does happen it could be a real rude awakening in some of these ways all right Feel free to text the show. The number to text, 885-3776. The 601 number, 885-3776. You can also call me on the Divini phone, 995-1059. I apologize to a few texters who you sent in stuff, and I didn't get to it a minute ago. Again, I had a – does this about once a year where I have a couple days in a row where I have to restart my – my screen that's got all the country pleasing texts on it. And when I restart it, they all pop up and I can see it and read them. But it had stopped and I didn't know it. At the, I did not know it at the time. And so I'm going to um, get into some of them now. First, Jason in Flagstaff says that I, I don't know if it was him or us, but the feed got interrupted. And he says, I need C Spire internet here bad. Well, I'll put in a word for you, Jason. See if we can get C Spire trucks to Flagstaff, Arizona, up in the mountains, putting in fiber. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Uh, MSU 1980 Texas show, and he goes, um, regarding the Michael Orr thing, said that it has become a national news story. I saw it covered on NBC Nightly News. He says, I'm ready to move on to something else. And I, I agree with you. I, I am too. And, you know, Let's just leave it at this, MSU 1980. Today's media is so lazy, aren't they? I mean, the details that would make all the difference in the world in a lot of those stories could easily be uncovered. Just go digging. They're lazy. Annabeth's right. Um, all right, and then to that question earlier, is it creating parity or is it not? That'd be NIL. Maybe we still need a few more years and water under the bridge here to really see if it's going to do that. Somebody texted and said, without NIL, you don't have Coach Prime at Colorado. And I think you're right about that, huh? I think you're right about that. It certainly has shaped things. Whether or not it creates parity, I just think still remains to be seen. Tony texted the show and said, uh, let's see. Tony, okay, so he was on the or thing. Got it. Let me, let me read it, though. Let me see if I can make heads or tails. Tony, what does it say? You say, yesterday I heard one of the best legal minds in the country say that he did not care if justice is served. His goal is to always prevail or win. And he says, so his point is this whole problem uh, probably has lawyers at the root of it, and that's from, that's from Tony Joe on the text line. Uh, one effect, NIL, unnamed texture says, as a fan, it gets harder to be invested in the team and individual players because now they're gone tomorrow. And it is true. Like, you don't, 
it, it's less of a sure thing now that once they do sign, that they're going to be around for a while. And you spend three or four years together, right? Like, it's not a sure thing anymore. Now, you're right. Somebody on the country-pleasing text line said he has named only 35-year-old Ed. Only 35-year-old Ed. <laughs> he must have described himself that way. Someone, because somebody put his name in there on our country-pleasing text line as only 35-year-old Ed. But he's reminding me and pointing out my mistake. There aren't 32 owners in the NFL. There's only 31. 31 owners. Green Bay doesn't have an owner, right? Right, because the fans own the team, right? Shares have been sold. Got it. Chuck pointed out what I did, too, regarding, you know, what some of the effects down the road. Said it would really change the game if players and universities had to sign contracts where neither one could just freely walk away from the other, and that is true. And uh, Patrick agreed with that on the YouTube live stream, and I pointed that out, too. So, you know, back to it, sort of tying a bow. I, I can't really tie a definitive bow on even my opinion to, as to what Shannon Terry tweeted when he said that NIL is bringing parity to college sports. Football teams can't load up on all the five stars anymore, he says. He said, soon we're going to have, instead of three to four teams a year that could actually win the title, you'll have two to three times that number. I, I, I'm hanging in there in the middle right now because I hadn't seen it yet. I hadn't seen that start to play out on the field yet. And, I, and, and it feels like, to me, that there's been ample time for that to begin to shape itself that way, and it hasn't. But at the same time, I mean, I just watched the – you know, number one defensive lineman in the country go and commit to Missouri, an in-state school. Now, whether or not he actually plays for them, a lot of water <laughs> got to go under the bridge between now and then. And I certainly could see it where – I mean, again, like, you know, you just one little teeny tiny example. If you look at Mississippi State. And because of those unforeseen circumstances, are transitioning from one offensive system that utilized no tight ends, an entire position that you didn't even utilize, you didn't have any of them on your team. And in one year's time, you got two guys who at that position were recruited to Power Five schools, one to Georgia, one to Mississippi State, he went to TCU, and now he's back. And now you got a tight end room. Just like that, because of. Transfer portal, NIL, and everything else. So so I look at it and go, there are some situations where if you look at just two teams compared to each other, something could happen in the past that would really widen that gap immediately. And now because of NIL and transfer, that team can close that gap immediately. But in terms of the overall effect, across the board being, according to him, I'm going to look up either next year or, the, or in two years, and according to him, there are going to be 12 or 13 other teams right there on the same level as Georgia, right there on the same level as Ohio State in terms of talent and everything. That could beat them, that 12 or 13 other teams, that if you put them out there against Georgia or against Alabama – it's going to be a pick'em in Las Vegas. He's that's the point he's making. I don't. I ain't going that far with it. <laughs> I'm really not. 
Okay. So Ed is saying I'm the one that gave him the name? He says, you gave me that name, Matt. You did trivia for Ron White, and all the questions were old TV shows. <laughs> LOL, he said, I, I said I'm only 35, and you gave me the name. So I gave you the name, only 35-year-old Ed. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Shows you how bad a memory. I vaguely remember Ron White trivia we did one day. <laughs> just, like, just barely a hint of remembering that. Thanks for reminding me. I think it's a good name. I really do. I think it's a I think it's a fantastic name. Only 35-year-old Ed. All right, listen. Uh, we'll have time in just a minute. The music's going to start. And before we're done today, I'm going to make you aware of a list. See, you you only thought we had escaped list season. The games haven't started yet. <laughs> so we're still in list season, whether you like it or not. Look here. Came out yesterday. The top 100 players in college football. And the question isn't, do we have one or two or three players from the state of Mississippi on the top 100? The question is, what schools... Do they play for in Mississippi that are on the top 100 list? Hmm. It may be different than what you think. That's coming up. I'm Matt. We'll wrap it up next. Stay with me. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. Hey, funny, funny comment. Funny comment from one of our regulars on the uh, live stream. He watches on YouTube a lot. Jimmy says, hey, Matt, I just got here. Could you repeat everything? Hey, well, I'll tell you this, Jimmy. This has been one of those shows where there was a good chunk of it. Like, I, I had a little chunk there where we talked about the update on the Michael Orr Tui thing, and everybody, I think, is just downright sick of that. Doesn't want to hear another word of it. Okay, so if I want to see the number go to zero, I'll just start talking about that again. <laughs> Keeping it real there. And, uh, yeah, so now, nah, but the good news, Jimmy, is because this is a live stream on something like YouTube, Facebook as well, Twitter, that when the show's over, it's right there. Just go back. You can go back and cue it up, watch it. And if you just don't want to watch, you want to listen. Give it a little bit, and today's show, separated by the hour, will upload to the podcast channels. And so everywhere you get a podcast, well, the two main ones, I guess, which would be uh, Apple Podcast and Spotify, either one of those, it's free. You can subscribe to it. Just search The Matt Wyatt Show. You'll see it. Subscribe. And then this show will upload to it daily. Got it on your phone. You can listen as you drive, as you jog, walk, work, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> listen while you work. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. Y'all going to see the new Snow White movie? We'll save that for another day.
There is a list. I told you we're not out of list season yet. Not yet. Not yet. I love it on that movie Gladiator towards the end where Maximus's friend says, not yet. I love that. All right. <laughs> Enough with the references that no one knows what I'm talking about. Uh, there is a list of the top 100 football players in the country. Ready? The top 100 football players in the country. I will tell you some of the, the high points, but there are, this is at ESPN, they put it out yesterday, there's not only one player from Mississippi, there are two. In fact, not only two, there are three players from the state of Mississippi. And those three players are not from just one school in the top list of top 100. They're not only from two. In fact, they are from three different schools in the state of Mississippi on the top 100 list. They are. That coming in at number 22 in the top 100 players would be the running back at Ole Miss, Quinshawn Judkins. He's at 22. All right, you want some more? You want some more? All right, I'll give you some more. Coming in at number 36, Will Rogers, Mississippi State. Yep. So Will Rogers at number 36 on the list of the top 100 players in the country. And then on the list of the top 100 coming in at number 100 from Southern Miss... Running back Frank Gore Jr. Now, I would be interested to know. I would be interested to know how many other states are represented with play uh, three or more players from three or more different schools on the list of the top 100. We haven't even talked about the fact that State's going to host Southern Miss this year, have we? So you've got Quinshawn Judkins, Ole Miss at 22. 14 spots later, you got Will Rogers at number 36. And then 64 spots after that at number 100, you got Frank Gore Jr. Uh, from Southern Miss. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you do, you know, the Texas schools and, and some others. But when you consider all things considered, uh, in a in a state here with less than three million people in it total, and it's just it's shocking sometimes. You know, you look at it from different perspectives. A little while ago, when we as a family were visiting, and not visiting, but we were doing some stuff, and Mary Lady went to a camp in New York. As the day we were leaving, we were driving through Queens, and the guy was kind of telling us. He said, "Yeah, you know, it's like." Queens itself has got like three and a half million people in it, three to three and a half million. It's like we don't even have that many in our entire state. We're so spread out. And you've got two SEC schools in a state with less than three million people. Two SEC schools putting 60,000 people in their stands uh, when you get a good opponent. And 
three players from three different schools in the list of the top 100 players in all of college football. And you're not going to have too many of the, you're not going to have a whole lot of that kind of stuff from other states, right? I would think, you know, there's a chance Florida's got, I'm sorry, Arkansas has got two players ranked pretty highly, the running back and the quarterback. The running back from Arkansas is actually higher on this list than K.J. Jefferson is. Raheem Sanders at number 18. Uh, just so you'll know, here's what they have at the top of the list. Okay, the number one players, Caleb Williams, quarterback USC, Heisman. Number two players, Brock Bowers. Now, even though Bowers didn't win the Heisman, I think he's the best player in college football. I'd have him at number one. They have Marvin Harrison, Jr., the receiver at Ohio State, three. Harold Perkins, linebacker, LSU at four. And Drake May, quarterback, North Carolina, at uh, number five. The Washington QB at six. Running back, Michigan, seven. Jordan Travis, a quarterback, Florida State, at eight. Uh, Defensive lineman at Florida State, nine. And then Georgia defensive end at ten. Um couple things. Bo Nix, they got Bo Nix at 14. So here he is at Oregon. They got uh, Bo Nix at 14. He wasn't good enough at Auburn, was he? Not good enough. How about this? They got Bo Nix at Oregon at 14, one spot ahead of Jaden Daniels, quarterback LSU at 15. Yeah. Again, I'm not, I haven't done the research on the whole list. I'll tell you what it says about the guys, though. So here's what the list says about Quinshawn Judkins' Ole Miss running back, the only freshman running back to rush for more yards in the SEC than Judkins a year ago was Herschel Walker back in 1980. Uh, coming off a 1,500-yard season, had 800-yard games to go along with 16 rushing touchdowns. A breakaway threat, also a tough physical runner between the tackles. All right, so let's look down at uh, Will Rogers at 36 on the list. Threw for 3,900 yards and 35 TDs last year. Wasn't ranked on this list last year. He says the most accomplished passer in the SEC, Rodgers is already the only quarterback in SEC history with over 1,000 career completions. With 32 consecutive starts, he owns school records for passing yards and passing touchdowns. And we covered it you know, a while back how he needs less than 2,500 yards passing to be the number one you know, all-time passer in terms of yardage in the SEC, and he should get there. And here's what it says about... Frank Gore Jr., running back Southern Miss, rushed for 1,309 TDs last year. The younger Gore has lived up to all expectations in Hattiesburg. In 2022, he generated 1,600 yards from scrimmage, averaged more than six yards per carry and 11 yards per catch. At times over the past two years, he's even been Southern Miss's best quarterback in the Wildcat. He does it all, and so he's at 100. I like it. You know, it's really cool. Players from all over the country. Again, some of y'all that have time want to look it up. Shoot me the answer. I don't know that I do, but I would love to know if uh, if there is another state. How many other states would have three players from three different schools on the list of the top 100 players in the country? And not going to be many. I know that much. Somebody texts and says, "Is Trey Benson on the list? Plays at Florida State. He's from Greenville." I don't know. I know Florida State had two in the top ten back-to-back, quarterback and then a D lineman, I believe. Only 35-year-old Ed texts the show. He's 37 years old now, by the way. He says, we have more Hall of Famers 
and greatest of all times than any other state per capita. Well, that hey, no question about that. The other day, you know, or I guess last week, towards the end of last week, I was driving through the Delta and came right past Valley and their campus. And you know how it is. You can easily see the football stadium over there. And you immediately think, you know, Willie Totten and Jerry Rice, the house that Jerry built. And so he's, he's a GOAT. I don't care what they say. Walter Payton, right? I mean, I mean, for Pete's sake, the FCS Heisman is named the Walter Payton Award. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, for sure. Judy texts the show and says, Hey, Matt, I've told you I'm a ticket taker for the Mississippi Braves. Our best player, Drew, is it uh, Lugbauer? Am I saying that right? Drew Lugbauer? Hit a record-setting three three home runs and in one game, it was game before last, and he hit two in a game before that on Monday. <laughs> How about that? So two games and five home runs. That's pretty impressive. I don't care who you are. Judy, thanks for the note. All right. That'll wrap it up for today on this Wednesday here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. For Beaver, I'm Matt. See you all tomorrow, same time, same place. See you then. See you.